Greetings, Alpha Seekers. Uh, today is Juneteenth. I am too new to this to know whether to... Let's just put it this way. We're observing it at uh, Alpha's Next. So, a uh, couple of things happening today. Uh, mixed in the markets. S&P was down. NASDAQ really fractionally up. Uh, I think... The, I've done my usual degree of preparation here, so I'm actually kind of grabbing these. Uh, Dow was down almost 1%, and S&P down about a half, about 0 0.6, 0.56. 10-year yield at 0.7, and I'm not seeing a VIX figure here. So I'd imagine the VIX was kind of flattish based on... You know, whenever you're within a 1% range, but we had a pretty wild ride today, actually. Uh was up pretty big, I think, and then it was down pretty big. So, yeah, VIX is 35. Okay, I was wrong. So, VIX went up. And what that tells you is it went up by 6%. Four points, which is 6%. So, and the reason for that is today was one of these weird market days. They call it quadruple witching day, which is an old 20th century reference to uh, triple witching, and, which I don't really exactly know what it means, but it's something like Hamlet or whatever. Uh, so uh, lots of things uh, were closing today, like on the options and the futures and yabba da da and there was also rotation, I believe, out of the uh, indexes. So you had some things go in and out of the indexes, which happens on a quarterly basis. So this, I believe, was the second quarter rotation. Don't quote me on that. Uh, but that's what I heard today, because I watch CNBC, so you don't have to. But I did miss some parts today. So I didn't do my job as diligently as I normally do. So... Uh, so there was that, this quadruple witching thing, and then there's kind of Juneteenth uh, stirring in the air, protesting. I know in Chicago we're going to have a whole bunch of protests all over the city for that. Uh, and then uh, the other thing is that this uh, virus is rearing its ugly head again. I just saw something about Altamonte Springs, Florida. There's a guy who... Had a bar restaurant, opened up, somebody got sick, closing up indefinitely. Now, I have observed locally, we have a lot of college bars right by my house, and they're jammed. No masks, you know, so you know that's going to be a spike. So when you combine it with the, the protests, which is about 14 days out now, and you're going to have these kids go to the bars and... They're going to take it home to their parents, and, you know, I know we've already got some ICUs and emergency rooms back up at 80% capacity, so, you know, this is not going to go, this will end badly, and uh, once that starts happening, uh, there may be an impact on the market, or may not, you know, a lot of a lot of the market is in it because it feels like there is no alternative, that's the old Tina thing. Um, and then there's the Fed, the Fed put, and there's the fact that people are kind of looking past 2020, 
So I don't know that it will dramatically drop, but I certainly think that will put a uh, firm resistance level. Uh, and now I see Dr. Patrice Harris is on television, who is the past president of the American Medical Association. So uh, she is actually the first African-American woman to hold the position. I actually knew the first African-American male who held the position, a doctor named Dr. Lonnie Bristow, and that was many years ago. So, uh, But now we have our first African-American woman and she's talk, She's in. A, she's from Atlanta, so we just had an issue down there with the police. So, um, and she's commenting on that right now. So that's uh, interesting. I didn't know that she was. Uh, that was who the immediate past president was. So, um, where does that leave us? Uh, well, I'll tell you. You probably don't have to worry too much about the downside is the way I'm looking at it right now. And uh, on the other hand, you probably shouldn't be looking for too much more upside. I would expect us to be between, you know, we're just still above that 3,000 level. Uh, I don't know if that'll hold, but it could. Uh, I certainly wouldn't expect it to go up any more than 10% from here this year. And the election is going to be a very, very turbulent uh, period in my mind, no matter which way it goes. But uh, the impact of the virus coming back is certainly going to hurt employment. If that trend breaks the way we're afraid it will, breaking bad, then I think uh, you're going to see a lot longer unemployment. And they're debating the stimulus and in Congress. That's why they were working over the Chairman Powell, by the way. It's not Bernanke, it's Powell. And uh, the Senate was working him over because they're trying to move legislation for another stimulus. And they're trying to extend the uh, the unemployment bonus for people, the, the top-up. And the issue the GOP has with it is that you're paying people more not to work than you did uh, when they worked, in some cases at least, and that will obviously tend to discourage people from returning to work, especially if they have a job where they have to deal with the public. And uh, So, you know, this was something that uh, Lindsey Graham uh, pointed out when they passed the first stimulus, and he turns out to have been obviously right. But on the other hand, if you're trying to say, okay, that's enough stimulus, get back to work, folks, if we open up the bars and people get sick and they have to close, then you're obviously going to need to carry forward that program, probably through the election. So, um, you know, I would would see that they'll probably pass another stimulus. Now, whether they're going to work out that little bug where you make more when you're furloughed than you do when you're working. I don't know. But uh, that's my that's my view on that. And, you know, to a certain extent, one way or the other, you're going to have people with money in their pocket. Either they're going to get it from Uncle Sam or the states, or they're going to get it from their employers. So maybe that's not so bad for the consumer demand side of the equation, at least it probably won't get much worse than it is now in that regard. So, um, 
that's that. Now, a couple of things happened that I want to talk about, and one of them is a real tragedy. There's some guy in Naperville, actually, who uh, evidently committed suicide because he was trading options on Robin Hood. And uh, there's a thing that can happen when you sell puts, which is you get assigned. And what that means is that if you sold the put, you basically give somebody the right but not the obligation to put the stock to you at the strike price you sold the put at. So pick a stock, any stock. If I sell a put on XYZ stock, XYZ trading at $100, I sell a 90 put. And if I did a spread, I sell a 90, I buy an 85. And if the stock ends up uh, below that 90 strike, then I can get assigned. And uh, all that means is now I'm long the stock, and I can. The, the, what you do then is you sell the stock, okay? But the way it showed up in this kid's account, he was only, I think, 18, first of all. And the way it showed up, it looked like he owed, like, I don't know, some tens of thousands of dollars because that was the value of the stock. All he had to do was pull the trigger and sell the stock. He didn't know that. He thought he owed him that much money, and he killed himself. He committed suicide. So that just shows you, uh, you know, first of all, it was the, the real tragedy was he didn't know that kind of money. It's just the way that this stupid app displayed it, and he didn't understand what he was doing. And, uh, but it does secondly call out, you know, it, options are great if you know how to, if they're like fire, you know. They're great if you know how to use them, but if you don't know how to use them, you can set a forest fire. So, uh, and in this case, he didn't. You know, it wasn't like he sold an, a, a, a put with, and the thing went to zero, and he, he really did owe that much money because he had spread it. What you want to do is limit your downside when you sell something. So he had done the right thing. But he misinterpreted their user in interface, and, you know, that is just ridiculous. So, first of all, it was shocking to me that they even allow people to trade options on Robinhood, because most people who trade on Robinhood are newbies. And options are way, way more sophisticated than stocks, simple stocks. Secondly, I couldn't believe an 18-year-old, maybe his parents co-signed for it? I don't know. Uh, third, the interface is obviously misleading. And fourth, they don't educate people about what all those things mean before they allow them to trade. And this guy had what's called a level three authorization, which means he can use them for speculating. And, you know, I had to work pretty hard before they let me do that when I first started trading options. And I mean, I still lost a lot of money. I'm very transparent about that. But I knew why, I understood how much, and it was money I at that time could afford to lose. So, you know, this is just a tragedy. And uh, it goes to show you one thing, which I want to point out to, you know, I don't have, obviously, Robin Hood uh, scale audience, but, you know, when I talk about options... Uh, you know, don't try this at home necessarily without getting some education. And if you do, if you like the idea of options, uh, go to somebody like my buddy Dan Keegan, the options thinker, and take a course and learn how to do it because it's the best money you ever spent. Uh, I mean, this is a very extreme case, but, you know, you, you see people sometimes saying, oh, well, you know, 
you can just make a ton of money to start trading options, and that's you can also lose a lot of money. And, uh, <laughs> you know, it is a don't try this at home unless you've been trained. So, uh, you know, this is a cautionary tale to some extent. And two, never don't trade anything you don't understand. Um, you know, which brings us to another uh, point I would like to address today on Friday, which is, you know, people ask me, Terry, uh, why should I hire a financial advisor? Um, I like to do this myself, and the answer is, to a certain extent, I've thought about this myself because I did it you know, back after I got done trading options. The reason I did is I didn't trust my own judgment anymore. So I just handed it over to somebody and I said, here, you know, you take the wheel because I am too, I have lost my bearings, you know. Uh, trading can be very psychologically um, stressful. And at some point you start to, you know, not trust your own judgment. And the other thing is, of course, you know, if you've got a financial advisor, first of all, you know, like a J.P. Morgan or a BMO, those are the two that I have my money with, and I've recommended them both. Um, and they've got a very sophisticated methodology they use. So, uh, you know, they do know a lot more about it than you do. They have a lot of very sophisticated technology and very sophisticated people at their beck and call. So I've been happy with my results since I turned it over to professionals. Um, when the market goes down, like when the market went down 30, 35%, I only went down 15. Now when the market goes back up, I don't go up as much either, but that's because of my age. My portfolio is, is allocated so that it smooths out the uh, ups and downs, okay? And the other thing is, in this tragic case, uh, is a tragic example, you know, but it's not the first time I've heard of somebody committing suicide because they listened to somebody like Jim Cramer and it didn't work out for him, you know? Uh, when you have an advisor, you can always blame the advisor if something goes bad, and you can fire the advisor. And if you're working with a real reputable company uh, like BMO or JPM, you're not going to have something happening like a Bernie Madoff, you know? I mean, uh, there's red flags galore with him, but the guy was very respected. Yet, uh, he was a thief. And lots of people, including his own son, uh committed suicide over that one and listen you you can always get more money but you can't get another life you know what i mean so obviously that's not that's never the right trade uh secondly though uh you know if you go with a, a financial advisor who's reputable you're probably not going to have grounds to be really really upset with them and if you do, you just fire them and get another one. You know, you don't have to blame yourself because some of us are very critical of ourselves and, you know, you don't want to call an airstrike in on your own position if you make a mistake. You can blame, you got somebody to blame in short. So that's why a lot of people have a financial advisor. But third, you know, I went through a kind of an emotional roller coaster here in the last few weeks, you know, with the COVID thing and the, uh, George Floyd thing, and 
you know, I do know, I don't know much maybe, but I know enough that you don't, you don't sell at the bottom, okay? You hang in there. So I did. On the other hand, my views toward real estate were very influenced by my emotion, you know, because that's kind of a visible thing. And, uh, you know, living in the city with the virus, if I was 25, it probably wouldn't even phase me. It doesn't phase these kids who go into the bars. But, I mean, I think any rational person would want to say, I don't want to live in a city anymore. I don't have to. I can work from home. But, you know, I just had somebody look at my house today. You know, married couple, two kids, so they want to live here maybe. But they're balancing it between here and Winnetka or Wilmette. And if I were them, I'd probably say, hey, let's go to Wilmette or Winnetka, you know. But they're city people. They work in the in the downtown area, and, you know, they don't know if they're going to have to go back to the office or not. So, um, you know, you can't use yourself as a focus group. And you can't let your own emotions influence, overly influence your trades or your investment decisions. So that's why it's good to have an objective third party to say, hey, Terry, I think you're getting a little overwrought about this, you know, which I, which I did, apparently. So we, we shall see, but, you know, so far so good. So, uh, you know. That's that's why people hire advisors, and I think that's a good move. I don't, you know, I don't think you're an idiot if you don't. I know people who run their own money. I used to run my own money for years, and I, I did it for like 20 years, and I did pretty well. But 2008, and my reaction to 2008, uh, kind of shook my confidence, and I just, I said, you know what, I think I'll hire somebody, and I've been happy with that too. So as long as you uh, either trust your own judgment and have good results and you know what you're doing. I mean, a lot of the people I know who do this themselves, they have MBAs and such, and they've been doing it for years, and they pay attention to it. Uh, Or, you know, if you pick somebody that is a very reputable money manager, like a a major financial institution, like a a J.P. Morgan Chase, uh, they've been very good for me. Uh, Mass Mutual is another one I like. Uh, and BMO, very conservative. You know, they're Canadian. It's Bank of Montreal. So Canadian banks are much more conservative than American banks. And if you're an older person, I would highly recommend uh, BMO Harris. i got a guy there named Dale Stern who I really like. Uh, so... You know, that's what you do. And you, 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 you pays your money, it takes your chances, but when you get older, you shouldn't be taking too many chances. And uh, I think that I would never recommend to anybody that they not have a financial advisor. On the other hand, you know, if, you, if you've had a good track record in your experience, then I wouldn't necessarily say you're an idiot for doing your own. You know, at least you don't have to trust anybody else you... You know, you can trust yourself. And there is the Vanguard school of thought that the low fees pay off, and I think that's that's valid. You know, I'm paying like a 1% ramp fee uh, for my major investments in my portfolio. And I'm, you know, I think they probably buy me an extra percent, so I think that probably pays for itself. But, uh, you know, reasonable people can definitely have different views on that, and, and they both have a point. It's more a trade-off than anything else. 
And as far as the, you know, the alternative investment thing that we're talking about with Ventures Next, like our biotech thing, and, and we're talking about doing some private lending, and we're talking about doing now maybe, um, you know, I feel a little better about real estate again. You know, as I say, 1% of your investable assets. Uh, you know, if you've got $500,000, that's only $5,000. Well, you know, uh, we prefer 10, frankly, but we'll take five and, uh, you know, see what it does. If we can double your money, great, you know, and then we can double it again, great. And, you know, then you can either leave it on the table or take some off. And the, the kinds of things we're looking for are not just doubles. You know, we're looking for 510X. And that's not impossible. So, like Moderna, we would have had a four-bagger if we had jumped on that at 18 and it went up to 80. That's a four-bagger. It's back up now to 65. So it can be done. And that's what we're trying to do, you know. Um, but I obviously wouldn't put all my eggs in that basket, you know, if if it's high, we're, we are trying to minimize the downside, I should say that. Uh, but, you know, it's highly speculative. So you pay your money, you take your chances. And as I say, we do have a couple of people uh, who've held up their hands and said, yeah, we want to do that. And as soon as we get our legal document together, which is taking way too long, um, we will be taking their money and we will be uh, seeking alpha together. So... Uh, that's about it for today. Um, I can, again, as I always do, guarantee you that the market won't go down for the next two days. Because it's the weekend. Yeah, that's my little joke, and it is very little. But we must have our little joke. Uh, to quote the Maltese Falcon. So, uh, stay safe. Uh, live long and prosper. Have a good weekend. Stay off the streets, and we will see you uh, on the other side on Monday. Bye-bye.